What's poppin' world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican Powerhouse, the Mike for Hire, the podcast mercenary. Back at it again with another Triplata Mania with my boy Raul Montero. Friend, oh, wait, we're not doing we're not that doing anymore. <laughs> we're not doing the family movies. No, we're not doing right, the right. Fast and Furious. By the way, if you haven't watched those, we have been literally doing Fast and Furious. Uh, so watch those pods, please. Uh, get them out. They were a lot of fun, I will say. And a lot of work. We put a lot of hard, hard work into these. But this is an easier night. We're doing a Tripleta Mania, a.k.a. essentially three shows in one night. All because counter-programming. It is what it is. So let's start off with NFC Battlegrounds out of our local arena in Lowell, Mass. In the Songs Arena, where I graduated and walked my... Uh, my, I'm a modder. Uh, my friend Ralphie was actually there with his kids because he invited me to go with him. But because it was the exact same night as Double or Nothing, I had to pick and choose. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go to, even though it's tempting to go to an NXT show. No, no, it's tempting to go to a live wrestling show, especially in the Songus Arena because we were there last year for a Ring of Honor. Yeah. I don't fucking watch NXT. And I'm not shitting on the product. I just literally have no interest uh, except for the top card, which is. The main event of uh, Mello and and Breaker, and because Mello came home, because Mello came home, our local boy, like I've seen him in Ring of Honor, like in back in 2018, like he is our local guy. So you want to show support, and um, also Tiffany Stratton is, she's a superstar. Like let's, let me just go over the card. Um, we start off with Wesley, formerly of the Rascals from Impact, formerly. Uh, MSK. MSK when uh, Nash Carter wasn't canceled. Uh, it's um, him and Tyler Bate, who, God forsaken, is still in NXT seven years later. This kid needs to be them. He's 27 already or 26. He was there since he was 19. He's main roster ready. Please call him up already. It is beyond time. Tyler Bate, you've seen him in NXT UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NXT Pride. His match against, well, at the time, Walter was yeah. just... Listen, Tyler Bate is more than ready. Why is this kid still in NXT? I don't know. He's becoming like the like Dawkins at Force Street Profits. He was just NXT for like almost a decade, apparently. Same with Aaliyah. She was in NXT for literally a decade and never yeah. got called up until she got called up and then it got hurt. So it, it's crazy. Uh, in my opinion, uh, let's see. This was a – and then Joe Gacy of uh, Schism. Joe Gacy, I can see where people get the Bray Wyatt comparisons. Like, they make a lot of Bray Wyatt comparisons, and I'm just like, I get it, but I don't. They're both literally the same age. Like, I didn't know Gacy was up there in age. He's just always been NXT. He's just not been called up. And then probably because Bray Wyatt's in the main roster. You don't need two Bray Wyatt's. And he is a... I'm going to be saying some controversial shit right here. Joe Gacy is a more in shape Bray Wyatt. Like, he's more dynamic in the ring. But they have the same... Like physique, same move sets. They have the similar creepy character trope, and I can see why he hasn't been called up because you still have Bray there, even though Bray got fired, brought back, and now he had a mental breakdown, so he's out again. And God knows when he's going to come back. Joe Gacy is just a guy that I feel like is finally getting ground with uh, Ava, formerly Ava Rain, aka Simone uh, Johnson, Simone Garcia Johnson, uh, The Rock's daughter. She's brolic. Yeah. I didn't know she was like 6'1 or 6 feet. She's tall as shit. I'm like, I know the Simones are a big family. Like, that, 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 oh, now, I know I finally is huge, but she is towering over most of the men on the roster. And I'm not saying she's not a beautiful girl. She's very, you know, good looking young girl. But God, this, is, this ain't your next Charlotte Flair. I don't know who is. She's definitely going to be the next one. 
if she gets the seasoning. She's like 21 right now. So give her a couple more years to become like a Rhea Ripley or Charlotte or even like a Raquel. If she's even wrestled. I think she's only been manager for the past year or so. No, no, no. She wrestled last NXT pay-per-view. She did. Okay, yes. so she's finally getting ring time. Good. Because in the beginning, she wasn't. She was getting promo time and I don't know. So this triple threat for the NXT North American Championship. Wesley is the longest reigning NXT North American Champion. I can see why. Um... Because they're actually focusing on that championship, too. And in the end, Wesley won, retained, and it was a great three-way. Um, honestly, my friend said it was a five-star match in, when he saw it in person. I will give it a 4.5, in my honest opinion. That's because I'm watching it from TV. When you watch something live and when you watch it on television, it's almost like two different things. You've known this from many shows we've gone together, right? Yeah. And... I feel like when you're live, you're you're literally in it. You're in the zone, but also everything sounds louder. The the, the glitter on the on the wrestler's gear shimmers way more in person than it does on TV. Like it's reflected on the lights. It really like glimmers. Like people still look at me weird that I still say my favorite match of all time is Osprey Cassidy. Yeah, and that was literally one of the best matches live. At Forbidden Door last year. And I saw most of it, but I stepped up to grab a drink and use the bathroom. I came back. It was almost over. But uh, in person, it's just a whole different experience. So I'm not going to take away anything from it. And this was a solid match. Because Wesley is a seasoned vet. Tyler Bate, a seasoned vet at this point, And Joe Gacy is a seasoned vet. So these guys did great. Next match, we got here Noam Dar. Yes, that Noam Dar from NXT UK. Who came out in dusty cornrows looking like Jim Jones. <laughs> I guess it's a new thing. He's got a new faction where he's just got uh, a bunch of people that like almost are like his entourage or something. And uh, he's with Oro Mensa, who is this Oro Mensa. I don't know if he's Hispanic. I'm assuming he is. Uh, he just looks Swiss. Swiss. Oh, okay. He's, he's a black Swiss guy, right? So one would say Swiss chocolate. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. And um, he, he looks cool. He's got, like, bright pink dreadlocks, very clean shape up. Like, he looks like a kind of guy you would see on the main roster look-wise. But he's still probably, a, you know, a green guy in the in the ring still. Because I've never seen this guy. I heard this guy in the ring. So, if anything, if I don't watch NXT, my content going to see is who's on the top of the card. Right? Because that's who you know, who's trending on Twitter. The top of the card. Um, so that, this was his, uh, his towel guy, like cornerman, like in a boxing match because it was for the, uh, it was British rounds ruled match for the NXT heritage cup. So it was literally six rounds and whoever has the most pins or knockouts in the six rounds wins. And the, and it was against dragon Lee with Nathan Frazier as his, uh, ring guy. And it was a pretty solid storytelling match, but dragon Lee, who is technically new to the scene, Looked so well, just there. Like he is. I've seen him live during Ring of Honor in 2018, and thought he was amazing. Then he's also been crazy in, in uh, New Japan, so, and he also did some a, a small stint in AEW, right? So like Dragon Lee is a vet who's been wrestling forever. You know, he's Rush's and Andrade's brother and Dragonistico's brother. So I get the whole ties to the Lingo Banabas, but in here he kind of wanted to go on his own, and I feel like it was the right choice for him because. He's able to excel and stand out because there aren't many luchadors in WWE in general. No. Where it's like everywhere else you would see luchadors plenty. Here there's literally a handful, let alone who are allowed to keep their masks. Yeah, because 
besides Ray, are there any more that are still signed to the company? Um, LWO, but again, unmasked, all of them. Yeah. Um, technically, Los Lotharios are still signed, just never see them. Yeah. Uh, so there's them. And then, um, who's another luchador style luchador? Um, Ricochet, would you say? If that's the case, Sami Zayn. <laughs> he was El Generico. I mean, no, no, he wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, the other... No, he was an orphan raised at El Generico's orphanage. Yeah. That learned the skills of wrestling from him and came to the States. Okay, safe to say there aren't many master luchadors. But Triple H has been out to try to sign some. It's just that they've been signing to AEW lately, like Bandito and Commander. And I think he's just trying to get more of that. Hispanic base and also luchador base on NXT, and they, they finally landed one in Dragon Lee, and it was a good land. Um, this match was pretty cool. It wasn't my kind of match. I didn't. I'm not. I used to watch NXT UK, believe it or not, and I wasn't really a fan of the Heritage Cut. I get. It seemed like the pure title in AW or in Ring of Honor. Yeah, that kind of style of match, but it just. It's it's like they try to make a boxing match out of wrestling. That makes sense. And I get the intention of it but it's definitely plays more into storytelling than actual entering ability so on fairness this was a three and a half out of five for me okay just 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 on taste and again these are opinions of people who are just talking wrestling we're not saying the match was bad i'm saying out of what i enjoyed from it it was great storytelling uh noam dar cheated to win and, and retain his cup next was Ilya dragunov versus dijak holy shit this is a match you gotta watch Ilya Dragunov almost kills himself in every match. It's just an Ilya Dragunov thing at this point. God, I just remember him winning the NXT UK title and just the chops. Oh, with Gunther? Yes. Oh, my God. He, it was like a man fighting of a bear. It was like, it was literally like... Uh, that scene from The Revenant where yep. he was getting messed up by the bear. Yo, that was crazy. So, Dragunov and Dijak. Dijak, also another homer here because he's from Worcester. His wife and kid were in the audience, and like a badass, he's like, "Go back." She just shouldn't see this. <laughs> he is playing essentially what I call nineteen eighties fighting, no, nineteen nineties fighting game badass, right? Yeah. And jet black hair, jet black goatee, black. I mean, it just adds more to his badassness because his last match against uh, Wesley. Where he literally snapped his middle finger in the middle of the match. I'm glad I didn't watch that. I am squeamish and shit like that. I mean, oh, he <laughs> just started taking pictures backstage with him flipping off the camera <laughs> with his finger like... That's disgusting. But yeah, <laughs> so this match, in my personal opinion, is a five-star match. I gotta watch it then. It's that fucking good. It's 15 minutes. You swear this shit was an hour long. It was a last man standing match. I love last man standing <laughs> matches so much. Listen, my antithesis of a last man standing is I hate Iron Man matches. I fucking always did. I hated the one with Kurt Angle. I hated the one with uh, MJF and Brenton Danielson. I am not a fan of an hour-long wrestling match. It just it's not... You're skipping the most important one. HBK, Hart, uh, Brett. There we go. And those style matches are more for the marks in the locker room than the marks in the ring, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah... This match was awesome. Go your way and watch this on, on Peacock. So, next match, Gallus, Mark Coffey, Wolfgang with Joe Coffey in ringside against the Creed Brothers. 
and Ivy Nile, aka Diamond Mine. Now, I didn't recognize Mark Coffey or Joe Coffey. They've lost so much weight and got so trim. They look like two completely different guys. And I'm not saying they were fat. They were in shape. But they were like that burly, like, you know, log-throwing shape. Like yeah. they're throwing brick, you know, like those power lifter, right? Now they look like jacked to the gills, brother. Like they're jacked to the gills. And they look completely different from like the NXT UK days. And they were great. And Wolfgang was Wolfgang. looks the same. Um, Creed Brothers, I've always championed for them. These guys are amazing. They should be main roster soon. And... In the end, it, it was a tag team for the match of the NXT Tag Team Championship. And the Creed brothers uh, of Brutus Creed, Julius Creed, with Bobby Nell, uh, were defeated by Gallus by Pinball. So this match, I give it a four out of five stars. Mm. Very solid. Uh, next up, the most confusing women's match ever. Really? Tiffany Stratton. Do you consider her a face or a heel? I don't know. She's supposed to be a heel because she plays this, dare I say, cunty bitch. She's this rich, spoiled girl, right, who used to be daddy's girl, like daddy pays for everything. But she's also this character that just has an air to her, like, I'm that bitch, right? Like, that's just, that's, you know, pink. She's a plastic from Mean Girls. That's literally her character, right? She came back with boob job, more, more jacks, and she has a whole new, it completed her look. But she has... Such great ring work that she comes off as a second coming of Charlotte. Like, she has the best, best Mosa ever since Christopher Daniels. Mm. And she reminds me again, she has what I would consider this. She has the athleticism of, of Charlotte, the looks of Rhea Ripley, and the mic skills of a Carmella. Right? So she's, 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 the, she's it. In my opinion, the fans know she's it. This was a tournament for the vacant NXT Women's Championship because obviously Indy Hartwell broke her, le- her foot and she's probably main roster bound to be in the way on Raw. So, oh, they, she already is. Oh, yeah, she is. I'm sorry. I'm like lost in time here. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so she's on Raw, but she's uh, getting her feet fixed right now. because So her against Lyra Valkyria, who is a recent uh, debut uh, out of Scotland, who I'm still not... She doesn't have it yet, but I'm not saying she's not athletic, but you can't, Stratton isn't a different level. Uh, this is a, a good four, three and a half out of five stars, if you ask me. And it's the longest match of the night from what I'm seeing. Yes, yeah, 16 minutes, one second, uh, with Tiffany becoming the new NXT Women's Champion. And then the main event, the hometown boy Carmelo Hayes, him himself with Trick Williams, defeated Braun Breaker by pinfall. For the NXT. I did see the ending of this. You did? Yes. Like, Braun tried getting him with, like, that mid-air spear. Kicks out at two. Yep. And, like, Carmelo, like, saved up all of his finishers at once. Let me tell you something. The current crop of NXT talent, a lot of them are great. What they're lacking in is character work. But that's what they're there for. They're there to be, develop their characters. Beget, not just... Okay, NXT is, like... College basketball. It's dynamic. It's flashy. But it's end of the day. It's college. It's not the NBA, right? You're trying to get a spot on the NBA. A lot of these guys are playing for Duke. Or they're playing... For UNC. They're at that level. So they're getting there. 
that a lot of their opponents are playing for like double uh, A basketball at U- UMass Lowell or like yeah. <laughs> like there's such a gap gap. Thank you for the right word. That not that it brings the product down, but it just like you can blatantly say, oh yeah, these guys are ready within a year, like, and then these guys are ready within a day. Like you tell them, hey, we we literally lost three wrestlers to injuries. We're gonna call you up. All right, I would believe it. Some of them, you need another year too. And that's just my personal opinion. And Lyra is very new, so I can't hold it against her. And she wrestled well, but she doesn't have the offense to be a women's champion yet. She doesn't have the presence, in my opinion. Again, this is just an opinion based. If you are a fan of hers, great, but I don't get her gimmick. It's like her name is Valkyria. What is Sarah Logan's name on the main roster right now? Valhalla. Valhalla. Too similar. Too Viking. Like, you can't have more than one Viking gimmick, if you know what I'm saying. I feel like her character is going to have a character change in order to stand out and not be in the shadows of the Viking Raiders. Because one of the guys from Pretty Deadly, right? His gimmick is that he's ambiguously straight duo, right? That's what they are. The ambiguous is from SNL. The ambiguously is straight duo. But one of them has Viking blood in him. And he's very blonde and very tall. And they hint at it, but it's not his whole character. It's like, oh, he's from like Finnish ancestry, right? It just, things that come in commentary. This character is straight up, I'm cosplaying as a Viking. We already have that in the main roster. You cannot have so many of the same gimmicks. Or it's just like, it's just redundant. There we go. So Tiffany was the right call. Now for Carmelo Hayes, he's been main roster ready since he got to NXT. Yeah. But I know why he's at NXT. To bring everybody else up with him. And also, quote unquote, learn a WWE style. Meaning, wind things down. Because he did come from the Indies. He didn't come from Ring of Honor. And he's now at a point where his matches look flawless. And Breaker is another one that's ready He's for- getting called up post-SummerSlam. I'm calling it. Summer- Survivor Series, he's thinking? No, like literally the Raw after SummerSlam. Here's, he's getting called here's up. Here's how I would book Brown Breaker. Remember how The Miz use Ciampa and Bronson Reed as muscle, hire him as a, as a security guard. I don't know. I feel like to like at least mix it up, you just have Breaker come out there and like... Or you make heel Ziggler a faction leader. Or better yet, put him a Gable in Alpha Academy. Well, see, here's the thing. You can't have him with heel Ziggler because... They're too similar. No, Ziggler beat him for the title last year. Oh, yeah, they have they have actual issues. I forgot. See, this is how how inconsistently I watch NXT. I forgot about that. Because he did come down for a while. You're right. I feel like he would fit in, like, Alpha Academy in a sense. But he kind of needs to be... I feel like if I was a debut... Honestly, here's how I'd do it. You debut Breaker with Dijak. And they're almost like heaters for somebody who needs him. But also, I feel like... He's at that point where he could just show up. And people know who he is. Yeah. I get that. Because he is a Steiner, the name, which I'm surprised. Like he's literally cutting promos From similar his... to his uncle that yeah. like, you have a 33 and a third chance of winning. Yeah. And I get it. So with that being said, um, this main event was a good four and a half stars. Four and a half. I definitely want to watch it just for Carmelo. It was up there. It was a four and a half out of five for me. Um, Breaker has some great offense. He 
Breaker Breaker wrestles how I actually wrestle in real life, right? Very power based, some speed, but he's not very uh, agile. He's not a he's not doing flips. You know, he's not doing. Whereas Carmelo is who I wish I could be like, <laughs> the guy that can do everything and make it look good. But definitely their clash of styles works. You have the high flyer, you have the base wrestler, and. I appreciate both of them being good dance partners, and I can't wait to see where their future leads them. So with that being said, that was NXT Battlegrounds 2023 out of the Songus Arena in Lowell, Mass. In the shadows of Boston, they called it. The shadows of yeah. Boston? I mean, it's never that far from Boston, I guess, but it kind of is. I don't know. I guess Like, it, what, like 25 minutes, you would say? Yeah, like 20, same distance from us. We're like 25 minutes away from Boston, too, if you go on the highway. With no traffic, let's just clarify that. So, next up is Double or Nothing from AEW, which was on the same night. Was it the same time, exactly? Or yep. was, Oh, my God. That would that kind of, like, is crazy. Like, the counter-programming shit's getting ridiculous. I want to watch everything. Double or Nothing, there we go. Just want to pull up the card. Uh, out of Las Vegas. All right, I'm going to start off with the bad. Oh, the buy-in match? Well, first off, the buy-in match, apparently it's gone on record that that Will the Wisp that Hardy um, Jeff Hardy was doing was on purpose. But it also looked like Jeff wasn't all there. Like, are you worried? Because I did finally get to see it because we were planning on watching it together and I got there a little late. Yeah, you were at a cookout. I'd show up early. Yeah. Um, I watched the match. And I winced a lot. It was uncomfortable. Was it Victory Road 11 bad? I got PTSD about that. But he didn't look like he was drugged. He just looked like he was washed up. Mm. Like Hardy's best days are behind him. He doesn't have it anymore. Honestly, this is the way I see it. With Sting having his retirement this year, have Jeff be like, that sort of moral influence onto Darby to, like, motivate him. Well, you know, after when he gets back from Everest. I feel like if Hardy wants longevity in the ring for a couple more years, change your character up. Dude. Bring bring back Brother Nero or Willow and bring... Well, you can't call her Willow because we already have a Willow in the yeah. AEW roster. But bring Brother Nero back and become more of a base wrestler like Matt and on occasion do the occasional swanton. But make a new moveset. Like, Orton's got to do the same thing, too, in WWE. Like, he's got to do less cutters and figure out another moveset because his back can't take it anymore. These people are human. They cannot keep doing this themselves and expect to have normal lives and raise families. Like, you don't want to be that young old guy. You know what I'm saying? So, here is what I also want to call out. I want to call out the internet trolls who showed pictures of the double or nothing show looking like empty or whatever on the hard camp side. And everyone knows the hard camp side can be full at times, but also it's normally empty. Yeah. Let's look at the numbers, shall we? There were 10,550 seats at the T-Mobile Arena. 9,000 paid tickets. Why do people want to make it look like it was like, oh my God, they barely filled half the arena. AW's in the mud. I am tired of you fucking incel pieces of shit going online trying to jerk off each other because, hey, look, the competition is doing bad. Listen, you piece of human garbage. When one side is doing bad, it's not good for the entire business. 
You do not want a company to fail because we are not about to have another monopoly. Meaning I don't want WWE to fail. I don't want AEW to fail. I want everybody to learn from their mistakes. But also, stop trying to spread propaganda bullshit of empty arenas from either company. Stop going on Twitter. You know you marks on Twitter that always bitch about everything? You're only 8% of the audience. This is a real statistic. Only 8% of wrestling Twitter... I mean, all. I'm sorry, 100% of wrestling Twitter is only 8% of the audience. Mm. So... The super smart mark is what they call him is not even ten percent, which is astonishing. No. And you know what you can do with that ten percent? Shove it up your ass. No, <laughs> fill in that hard cam side that everyone has problems with. Literally, it's it's almost baffling how bad wrestling has gotten. That people love the tribalism. They love the dissension. The they love. They love to build this fake narrative of either company failing. Why the fuck would TNT, Warner Brothers, Warner Discovery renew contracts, give them another show if they were failing? And like, how much was it? A billion dollars? Yeah, allegedly. It's not been confirmed yet. We'll see what happens. But also, WWE is not going to fail because of Vince's allegations. Because all they have to do is fire Vince if shit gets even worse. But also... Again, enough of this. Do you enjoy wrestling or do you just enjoy the, like, oh. Contrarianism. Like, contrary, like, I have a friend of mine who I won't say who specifically tried to give AEW a chance and it wasn't for him. And that's fine. But then he goes online, gets defensive because people call him out for WWE bias. And I'm, I'm, I'm like this. Like, dude, here's the thing. People are going to always talk shit no matter what you do. It's it's just human nature. Don't take offense to the the marks online who try to goad you into you know who gaslight you for some nonsense. Like it's dumb. It's so dumb. I'm tired. I'm old, and I work with children online. <laughs> now pass me the damn muffins. Let's start a movie. Hmm. All right. So <laughs> sorry. that punk coat's never gonna die. Uh, I honestly agree. He's the best promo in wrestling. Jeez. Oh my god. So, because everything he says. Even though it sounds mean, it comes from truth. It's not like he's out there lambasting people that don't deserve it or vice versa. I feel like at this point, the Bucks and Omega and Punk got to sit down, have their cups of non-alcoholic beers, and just call a truce and get back to making money. Because if someone's calling you out and you get defensive, you prove their point. I'm just saying, like, instead of, like... Just brushing it off. You're literally proving their point. Like, that's just, that's just my opinion on this whole thing. I am tired of infighting in companies. You don't care about WWE because they have damage control, not the, not the faction. <laughs> they have great people with damage control. But now, breaking news, one of those people that were uh, in WWE for that stuff, he was fired, and he was picked up by AEW, and he's in public relations. So if you notice recently, I don't know if you're on Twitter or not, or even just on any social media, a lot of the AW wrestlers are not swearing as much on their social media. Yeah, I noticed that. It's because the guy that WWE has for whatever the position's called, public relations. PR. PR, the PR guy. Mm-hmm. Is showing the AW guys, hey, if you want children to follow you, you want people with families to follow you, you kind of have to turn down the language online. And, they, and it's great because like you don't really need... like. It was cutting edge and edgy back in 2019 because we didn't see it. 
now that people are abusing foul language so much, it's just like, okay, now it's just an old hat. Like, there's no more like, ooh, swearing in wrestling. Like, we see enough of that already. So it's great that both companies are doing the right things as far as like trying to get everyone on the same page. Whether you're friends or not, it's a job. End of the day, you're not going to enjoy all your co-workers. There's not going to be kumbaya. But you're going to come up with amazing stories if you just play together. So, that being said, in my two cents right there, the buy-in match, a six-man tag team match with the Hardys and Hook with Isaiah Cassidy in a neck brace uh, as manager, I guess, or cheering on uh, against Ethan Page, the Guns. And this was for Ethan Page's contract. Yeah. Uh, off the bat, what do you give the match? All things considering, because it looked... We- 1.5. It was the most squeamish I've ever been. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in the same page as you. I was taken out of the match because of how Jeff appeared. I didn't think he was under the influence of any drugs or alcohol. I just think his body is just done. Like, he doesn't have... He's it. had... He's taken his legs in the ring. And it's affecting his in-ring work now. So with that being said, if I'm Matt, try to get instead of trying to get uh, Jeff in a tag team division, you know, to get the belts, try to get Jeff to become like a faction leader, or like try to start the Hardy Party with Isaiah and Quinn, and pushing those guys for the tag belts. And then you know these guys, Matt and Jeff, are the veterans trying to coach, like Arn Anderson does for uh, Wardlow now, and like. Yeah, because that's the biggest thing I've noticed AEW has over WWE, and it's how they treat like their vets, like coaches, like yeah. they're in coach roles. Taz never wrestled in AEW, but he's a big part of the show because he was a great coach and manager. So if you want to have Jeff have longevity in wrestling outside of the ring, start slowly making them like their Brian Danielson, as far as like this is the Hardy faction. You know, we're all wearing green and purple. Like, that's our colors. You know, we're all wild and we like to go crazy. Not too crazy. <laughs> so, this match, of course, the Hardy Party won. Um, so, Ethan Page is now back in the Hardys. So, instead of Matt and Isaiah and Quinn's contract being under the, the firm, it's now the other way around where Ethan Page is in there. So, next up, first match we saw together. And the first match of the main show, Orange Cassidy... In a 21-man blackjack battle royal for the AW International Championship. Yep. You go ahead. You start off. This was... I won... Okay, with Fight Forever dropping at the end of the month, which I cannot wait to get. I'm, I reserved the Elite Edition, by the way. So. <laughs> oh, I just got the uh, standard. I'm getting... I just have to. I just, it's just me. I... This... It continued on all of these extra storylines within this match because you had, like, Ricky Starks eliminating Bullet Club Gold. You had, you know, Keith Lee end up being eliminated by Swerve. You had all this story building in a battle royal that's usually a clusterfuck of chaos. And it made it work. I enjoyed it. I usually hate, you know this, hate battle royals. But I like this one because, especially the Final Four, they're pushing Big Bill. They're pushing Swerve, who's one of the biggest heels on the TV right now. Obviously, Orange is there. And I think who's the fourth? Penta. And Penta, who's always over no matter what. And my personal favorite wrestler of all. Like, I love Penta. Um, it was good. I like the Wiley Coyote 
in Roadrunner spot. Yeah. Where Swerve goes to the stomp, misses, gets super kicks. He he hangs by the by a thread, and as Orange is gonna prep up the orange punch, he just walks over it. <laughs> and then Swerve never looked so adorably funny when he was trying to reach for the ropes as he falls back. Like, all I need is just an edit of someone being like, long live the king. Oh, my God. Swerve's facials in the ring are hilarious. Like, he is the epitome of, we're going to make some memes. <laughs> like, him in orange. And I love this match because of the Final Four. Like, for the most part, it was entertaining. I'm not saying this was a freaking five-star classic. Which, by the way, I love the fact, the growth of Orange Cassidy in Double or Nothing Battle Royals, to be the 22nd man in the first Casino Battle Royal. To the workhorse champion. Yes. That's crazy. Who would have thought this is a character building? Next up, we have... Like, straight up, 4.5. Oh, right. We have to give a rating. All the same. It was fun. Very fun. Yep. Next match, the unsanctioned match with Sabu as a special guest enforcer. Why was this on the card? Like, Jericho and Cole, right, having an unsanctioned match. The same. Alrighty. It kind of feel like you fast forward a bit. Yeah, they should have just had a regular match with your enforcers, right? Or even, it was just a hat on a hat because your main event was anarchy in the arena. Yeah. You know, like, it just seemed, it, it was, all right, let's just go, let's go over this. The, the buy-in was 15 minutes, 10 seconds. The Battle Royale was 22 minutes, 25 seconds. The longest Battle Royale, Royale can think of at this point. Um, this match, Adam Cole was, and Jericho, was 17 minutes, right? It felt like an eternity. It just dragged. And then it just ended. It wasn't good. It ended in a weird TKO. There was a lot of sequences. They tried to do too much. And I feel like if they had a regular wrestling match... Like, if there was more build to this story, because this, like... Feels like a blow off match, but we're still on like part one. Yeah, it's not where I would put this. Like, like if they had this match at let's say Dynamite, all out, or even Dynamite main event. Yeah, like it's or at least like build it up for a couple more months. Like now that Cole beat Jericho, what purpose does it serve? And then they go on TV the following Dynamite and have a mixed tag with Soraya and Jericho and Britt Baker and Cole and Cole and Britt still win. Yeah. So that's it. That should be the blow-off. I don't want to see Cole and, and Jericho in this six-month fucking storyline build. Like, if this match was just like a standard match, and like, just throw a little bit of AEW cheese. Yeah. It's, and just have it be like, you know, winner gets the rights to say baby. Oh, my Lord. Something more. It just felt... Like, and can we just talk about Sabu coming out, getting to the top rope, and tripping? And falling, what, what's, what was your roommate said? Failing successfully? Task failed successfully. Oh my god, he's Buzz Lightyear trying to fly. He just No, I heard the Zoidberg like, <laughs> And also Sabu did not need to be there, who is an openly unlikable person online, apparently, by a lot of people. Respected worker, but... He's a controversial figure in general because he's unapologetically a jerk to people. I'll leave it at that. That's just, you know, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Don't sue me on defamation of character here. Um, yeah. But it just feels like any time. I feel like, again, this is another thing with AEW fans. There is a lot, a lot of... What we were talking about earlier, there's a lot of, like, oh, no, this person's history of being this. Oh, no, this person's history of being that. Like, 
nobody's perfect, but you know that Sabu's there for one night. He's not there for a freaking contract. You can imagine yeah. was on the, on the card, but he was there for, for the pay-per-view pop. And it was successful, right? Um, this match, I'm going to be generous and give it a three to five. I'm giving it worse. I'd say two. a two. Two? Then, you know what? Let's meet halfway. I think it's like two and a half out of five. I'm still sticking too. All right, I'll say two and a half because it wasn't that good. It was a skippable match. And the thing is, they had their guys. Uh, Jay and like having an unsanctioned match in the middle of the card kind of like messes with the flow. It does. It doesn't feel right. It should have just been a regular match. And and you know, again, I'm over Adam Cole having weird feuds that don't really work. He should be in the main event with MJF. That's where Cole needs to be right now to go for the belt. But if they're dragging this bullshit MJF. You know, contract with 2024. Like, I can't see MJF being a champion for six more months. It doesn't make sense. He's not a ratings draw. He's talented, but he's still not main event ready, in my opinion. And if you keep dragging this story, it kind of like hinders your entire roster. It's it's again, it's like uh, the Reign of Terror that Triple H had. The least at that era, it was drawing ratings. This is not helping. And I think they're going to have to, like, nip the butt on this if they want to really bring up morale. Because, again, MJF is a great wrestler. Could I see him being world champion soon enough? Yeah. But this feels like the Randy Orton first run. Oh, yeah, when they just, like, gave him the title. It definitely feels like that. Because you know the reason why they gave Orton the title, right? Because of the steroid stuff? No. It's because... With Lesnar quitting out of the company that year, they wanted to wash away, like, youngest world champion away from him. And Orton was, like... Literally a couple years younger. One year. Oh, one year. Sorry. Ah, there you go. Okay, so next match. FTR with Team TNA, as I call them, for the tag team belts. We have Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal. Karen Jarrett was there at ringside. Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh... It was a 20... And Mark Briscoe as the guest referee. Right, with Mark Briscoe as your special guest referee. Wearing camo stripes on his... Okay, this is what picked me back up. This was fun. And I... If you would have told me 20 years ago, you're going to pop for Jeff Jarrett in a fucking wrestling pay-per-view, I would have said you're under God forsaken mind because he never pops me in TNA. There's just something charming about... This Jeff Jarrett. Like, here's the th- I don't know who was it that said the quote that, like, Jeff Jarrett broke, like, 700 guitars, never drew a dime. And now, here he is, drawing a dime, being the cool uncle everybody loves. Like, everyone's brie-wooing. It's just, like, it's such a Twilight Zone, like, arena alternate universe where Jeff Jarrett is actually over. <laughs> yeah, didn't, uh... Was it this week or was it the dynamite before that um, Aubrey actually took a bump? That was this. Yeah. She took the guitar shot from Karen Angle and a lot. Karen Angle? From Karen Angle. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Let me. Karen Jarrett. See, that was a (laughs) Freudian slip. My apologies. The former Karen Angle, now Karen Jarrett. Yes, she was married to Kurt. She's now married to... Oh, I know. I heard the Max Caster rap. Oh, my God. I'm sorry about that. I apologize a hundred times over. Karen Jarrett, who's playing a a Karen on AEW right now, uh, guitar-shotted Aubrey as she was pushing Sanja out of the way, and a crowd you've never heard more nuclear heat. 
Because the AEW fans apparently love Aubrey this much. Like, I'm, like, indifferent with Aubrey. Like, she makes some cool facials, but I don't think she's, like... Like, uh, some people say, oh, she makes a show about herself. I'm like, eh. Like, no, not. she's just, like, one of those referees that, like, brings their stuff. Like, how Hebner and Chioda were back in the day. Or, or how, Nick Patrick. Or even Red Shoes in, in New Japan. Exactly. Or, or uh, Hijo de... Um, what is this? What do you call uh, uh, suspenders in Spanish? Ah, oh. uh, Dirantes. Hijo de Dirantes. That's what it's called. The, yeah. Hijo de Dirantes was the most over-ref in AAA. Like, there's there's a history of over-refs. It's just a, it's just a thing. But this this was a fun match. I mean, in the end, thankfully, FCR retained. Uh, I sincerely, I thought Jay Lethal and Jarrett were going to win it. Um, I don't think so. You don't think so? Allegedly, what I'm understanding is Jarrett turned down the international championship. He was supposed to win that match. I think it would have been a fresh start. I think he should have won it, and then Orange won it back at this pay-per-view. It would have been cool to see. So I think if Orange is going to lose the belt to anybody, it's got to be Swerve, who next week on Dynamite, they're going to have that as the main event. So we shall see where things go. All right, so after this, we move on to the Wardlow versus Christian Cage match. It's a ladder match for the AW. TNT Championship. This match was all over the place. Yeah. Oh, God. This is the match that I started having the most problems with. The fake finger biting. That was gross. The fake finger oh. biting. It looked too The real. dribble. The, uh, <laughs> the swanton by Wardlow. Christian Cage like appearing like the swiper, the fox in the background. <laughs> or like Sinister Tom from Tom and Jerry. And then you had Wardlow with the funniest fucked up ladder trying to climb it. Yeah. Where the legs are curved. It's so fucked up. This was chaos, but I was really Like, here's the thing. It's like fun, like, fast and furious chaos. It's like WSX Wrestling on TV. Do you remember that? Wrestling Society X. I want them to bring it back. The old stuff is all on Paramount Plus if you want to see it. Uh <laughs> I gotta watch it again. Oh my god. You're gonna see a lot of wrestlers and not recognize them. Like Scorpio Sky debuted there. Uh, Seth, Seth Rollins. Rollins. Um, the, the, the pervert who's canceled now debuted there too. Uh, that's how I discovered Jack Evans. No shit. There we go. And then Vampiro. That's how I discovered Vampiro. And mm-hmm. I didn't know he was booking at the time, but yeah. Uh, but yes, anyways, the match was fun. I'm gonna give it four and a half out of five stars. Yeah. For the it, utter chaos. For I was sports entertained. This is in the same level to me as Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. This, yeah, yeah, it's that fun. Yeah. Or I would have, I would have just said Cody versus Sami on the ladder match, but Wardlow is the heaviest Hardy. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> so um, out of this, Wardlow retains. Next match, the singles match for the AW Women's World Championship. It lasted three minutes and five seconds. Because of the... Um, Injuries, I know. No, the beat-down angle before. Because she's legitimately injured. Yes. Sorry to say, um, Jamie Hayter actually got hurt in the previous match she had with a tag match at a Dynamite. She hit her shoulder the wrong way, probably popped it out, who knows. So she's going to be out for a while. I think she'll be back for um, All In. She might be back for even sooner than All In. I mean, shooting... No, she's winning the title at All In. Which makes sense. Yeah. Because you want that big pop. So if anything, give Tony a proper reign. Yeah, so no interim. No interim. Um, She called out Jade in this whole thing, too. So are they doing Jade and Tony? 
I think it's too soon. I think yeah. Jade's got to train. I, you can give her some time to recover. That too, and you know, it's it was just Jade's birthday. Um, listen, Tony needs to go on a streak of like, like she just has to go ham. This could have been a better match because we've been fancy booking Tony Storm and Jamie Hader for more than one reason, uh, but uh, <laughs> mainly because they're both not. Again, this is not to be weird. They're both heavy bottom heavy set girls, right? So they they have strong bases. They're both very, like, they, you know they're doing the squat. So they can, they have the muscle, they have the speed. They look like they can handle each other in the ring. There's no, like, oh, she can fling her around. No, 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 no. Both these girls got some some strength to them. So it's like, it looks like a good strong style stardom matchup, which is true because they're both in stardom. So, like, they literally can bring it when someone's uninjured. But sadly, because Jamie's injured, she has her, not, relinquish it via story. And that way... It's like saves the characters. Like she got beat up by the outcast before entering. Like it, it, it was perfectly executed for all the circumstances. Yes. So I don't want to even rate it because of it. Like I, I feel like it's almost. Yeah. It's like a incomplete because it was a match, but was it a match? Yeah, it was an angle. Yeah. All right. So next up we have the open house rules six man tag team match for the AW World Trials Championship. This is all you. This is the greatest tag team match I have ever seen. You can take your TLC from WrestleMania X7. You can take your FTR Briscoes trilogy because of the acclaimed line about Buddy looking so ominous getting cut by a kid named Dominic. Greatest thing, 100 out of 5 I don't care. This gets this would have get like two hundred stars if it was in the Tokyo. <laughs> but in all honesty, it was a it, great match. It was it, a great match. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, the moment I popped, we all popped at that line alone. It trended online so much, and you just see Buddy just like standing there, like. You motherfucker. <laughs> the fact Rhea was like, hey, look, Dom, we're over in two companies. Yo, the fact that Rhea, like, because I know she's watching it. She's watching, yeah. she's watching her bow. You know, she's watching her man wrestle, like, supporting him. And I bet, I just wanted to know what the, her, I wish she was at home with a group of friends and somebody recorded her reaction just so I can. <laughs> no, because she would have been uh, traveling back. Oh, fuck, you're right. So she, she probably saw it after the fact. Okay. Yeah. She probably saw her name trending. Saw the clip, like, oh my god. <laughs> did Max Caster, your roommate, like, did Max yeah. Caster clear? I feel like now, after all the hot water he went through in his thing, he has to ask, like, hey, do you mind if I make a joke about this sort of thing? Buddy Matthews is the most secure man I ever met because mm-hmm. he doesn't get easily, like, he's a jokester himself. When he's on Twitch, he's cracking jokes all the fuck time, busting balls. So, but his character has to be stoic, and so yeah. it's. I'm like, yo, props to Buddy for not breaking character. Like he was looking. Like at you him. even saw like Brody be like, "Hey, bro, you all right?" <laughs> now the one line that kind of like was foreshadowing, we're saying, "Look at these guys in the ring in blackface." We have a black member. Boy, does this this. Uh, Oh my god, from the Anarchy of the Arena. We'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that. But yeah, this is a great match. I think it's dumb that baby faces have not taken the stipulations. Like, they have, you create your own stip, uh, stipulation. Um, I feel like for the acclaimed, it actually fits. Yeah, but enough of this. If, you're, if your opponent is giving you an out, use it. 
whatever it is, you know, like no DQ or no weapons or whatever you want to use. I do got to say this. I want to know where Julia Hart got her hat. Probably custom made. I need that hat. The stained glass window brim is dope. I like it. Um, Overall, it was just like really fun. Like the lighting made it look all cool and ominous. I, I the acclaimed gear yeah. being bright pink. Can we talk about how like over uh, Brody King is with the bark? <laughs> Everyone's like, really? They're all just barking. Like, listen, I don't know if it's some caveman shit or like ancient warrior shit. When you hear a man bark, you just have to join. <laughs> and it's just like... We're conditioned for that ever since DMX. Yeah. That's Made what us it, in power. But I think I've seen like a gladiator movie or something or like some sort of like 300. Like there's just some sort of like innate ability to want to join in. <laughs> and it's just so fun. But he is over. Everyone loves House of Black. Everyone loves the acclaim. Daddy Ass was looking good in the ring, but he got pinned sadly. But there was a good storytelling in the ring. Uh, Bowen's leg being injured, leg uh, being, you know, worked on. Solid wrestling for a trios match. Like, it was really good wrestling. And Buddy Matthews looked like a beast in there, probably because he was uh, <laughs> holding back. <laughs> uh, Malachi is Malachi. He's going to be forever over. The guy's a badass. Uh, and, of course, the acclaim, man. Max Caster was taken out of the match on purpose. They were literally making it so Bowens could not get to his ring corner to tag in. And when he Like, it really does help the House of Black just showing, like, the house really always wins. Like, they have a really good, solid set of wrestlers. Like, who... First off, AEW, sell those titles. Sell those House of Black Trios titles. Secondly, sell them at a reasonable price. Whoa, that's my biggest complaint of AEW. Their belts are fucking expensive. and They're I, beautiful. Yes, you get your money's worth. But I am not a rich man. I know I don't have any kids and a wife. But I still got bills to pay, bro. Like, I can't afford... Even if I split the damn payments. Like, it, it's crazy. Like, 600 plus for a belt is a lot of money. A thousand for the world title. Like, please make the broke... Broke man version, so we could afford. Shit. I still can't believe that when we went to Forbidden Door and they had the world title there for like how much was it? Seven fifty, eight hundred, eight hundred dollars. Now and someone bought it. You know, because you know people go there. He literally. Uh, how do I say this? People literally go there um, because they they spend money. They go to these shows. I went there with the money, but I was I had the money. I didn't. I chose not to buy it. Hmm. I'm sorry, $800, $800 for a belt? Come on, man. Like, I better support my pants. Dude, I know. Like, I am not, I am not a cheap person at all, but at the same time, I I like my reasonably priced $300 WWE belts. Which, Are you going to get the new one? You know what? I talked a lot of shit about it. I really did. But it is much easier to ca- carry around one belt than yeah. two straps. <laughs> I have to see how it looks like in person. On TV, it looked like shit. In the email where they sent out the pictures of it, it looked more normal. So I don't know. I'm not a fan of the black diamonds. I'm not a fan of the all gold plate. It was the laziest re... The color swap. Oh, my. We'll talk about it when we get to United Yeah, Church. yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, so, yeah, anyways, uh, House of Black versus The Acclaimed. I'm going to this another four... No, I'm going to give this a 4.7. 200 out of 5. All right. I'm sorry, that line alone... It murdered me. I was dead. As soon as Max Caster said it, <laughs> I respawned, and then I died again. All right, so next up we have 
the singles match for the AW TBS Championship, Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie 2. This time, she's allowed to use the Fall from Valhalla, a.k.a. the Jaded, a.k.a. the Glam Slam. Yes, even matchup. This was a solid match. It went 8 minutes and 50 seconds. I mean, oh, I didn't even realize 15 minutes and 30 seconds was the House of Black match, which is pretty solid. It felt like 20 or so. Uh, this is only 8 minutes and 50 seconds, but Jade looked like she was really getting her ass whooped in there. Like, it yeah. like, like Ty was not, like, softened her up. And sadly, the end lost to her move once again. Uh, some shenanigans from Layla Gray in the ring side, I guess. But then her and Mark got cocky. Yeah. Once she retained. She got to see you know. First, first we got to talk about the entrance. Yeah. Jade had Big Body Vet yeah. singing Pretty Girl Walk. Like, like this, 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 this. That song's been stuck in my head thanks to TikTok and, and Instagram reels. Uh, but big, and wasn't that her uh, sorority? Yes, the AKA, the first African-American sorority in the United States. Their colors are green and red, which is why... She was in green and red. Raul, she was not dressed as a watermelon. She was dressed in green and red. Because, no, uh, it looked pink. Sorry, green and pink. Green and pink, yes. Uh, I thought it was more like Bubblicious, but no, it's the colors of Sorority. That's why she picked those colors. Um, the sisters are dancing well. When I mean sisters, I mean Sorority sisters. <laughs> um, and then the big entrance with a rapper, which, like, you know, Tony Khan got Tony, he's got fuck you money, so obviously. And um and Vet came down. I mean, it trended on on uh on the Shade Room and like other hip hop sites. Uh, it was on Vibe magazine, Double XL. Like it literally popped up. I'm like, this is how you get wrestling trending again. You put it on platforms where it can get a new fan base. Like, what is a W? Who is this? Like, I love people discovering Jade and discovering other wrestlers via the internet. And like, oh, I didn't know there was another wrestling company. And like, people still watch this. Like, really? I should give it a shot. Like, it's just. That's what you want to do for growth. You got to spread your fan base. You can't just do niche things. Like you got to pick things that kind of like not only make sense as far as like expanding your like WWE different decades where they bring in celebrities. I mean, they brought in Cindy Lauper. They brought in uh, Kevin Federline for some reason. They brought in Mr. T, the, the Donald. They brought in a bunch of people over the years. Even recently with Bad Bunny. Yeah, and he actually wrestles for real. It's like. They brought in Snooki, Kim Kardashian. Like, they, they've done all the celebrities. Uh, Ella Kuje. Like, you, you name the, the gambit of wrestling, uh, I mean, uh, non-wrestling celebrities showing up in wrestling. It, it's just part of the entertainment aspect of it, right? So it's great to have, like, rappers or even rock stars, like, bringing in people to the ring because it just is cool for, like, performance sake. Mm -hmm. um, so this match, she got cocky. And then the returning Chris Statlander faced Jade in a... 48-second match. Yeah, they pulled a WrestleMania 9. Nice. And the... What is... It's not called the Big Bang Theory anymore. What is it called now? It's uh, it's, def, it's the... Tomb, it's like the package tombstone, right? What is it called? Statlander's move. I knew it used to be called... What is... Uh, the, whatever it's called. She got the pin, and we have finally have new TBS champion, Chris Statlander who they've been waiting and extending Jade's streak for the sake of Statlander's return, who came back from an injury, who had an injury prior, both her knees. She pretty much had the, the uh, not quads, but knees, like Triple H. Like, she had both her knees done one one year, one the other year, and now she's yeah. back, hopefully 100%. And she is now the reigning and defending 
women's TBS champion. So, uh, oh, that is called the Big Bang Theory. It's still called the Big Bang Theory. Okay, they still call it that. Cool. Um, I love that movie because it looks so deadly. Mm. It looks crazy. It just, it looks like the package and uh, what's that move that Penta does? Uh, pack like it's the, the pack. package pile driver. Oh my god, I, that shit or no made in made in Tokyo. Mm. That move is it looks devastating, but I know it's not. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like it's visually like oh you can slap someone's neck with this. So Chris Stanlander came back, and then we go to the next match, which is MJF Sammy Guevara. I'm sorry, Sammy Guevara. Uh, uh, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. In a four-way match. In four, the four pillars. Four pillars match for the AW World's Champion. 27 minutes, 50 seconds. For the... They, can we say this was probably the least hyped AW review so far ever? Yes. We didn't care for the build. At first it was good with the shoot promos and shit, but then I don't know where they lost their way. It just fell flat for a while. I feel like... Them trying to set up a four pillars tournament and then just like overextending it too much. I think they just did way too much to stretch us out. They should have just picked it up later. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it should have just flowed better. The build wasn't the best. Do you want to know why I think they did it? They had no choice. No, it's because... Because I looked this up. Every single one of the four pillars have faced off in one-on-one matches except... Jungle Boy and Sammy. That oh, was the sh- last one that was missing. So once that was completed, they've all faced each other. Yes. Genius. And also, I feel like Jack Perry, college controversial. Probably the least over of the four pillars. Yes, because if you notice it, he's the only one that didn't get a special entrance. No special entrance. And also... He admits it. He still pukes and gets anxiety before a match. He's still not ready to take in the main event. He's just not ready. His feud with Christian Cage was good. He's finally getting better at promos, but he's just not, not there, there yet. yet. And that's fine because he's still young. But let's put it in perspective. I even I even heard this other podcast between Sammy, Darby, Jack, and MJF. MJF is the only one who has had any kind of transformation, like physically, psychology. MJF has grown, where I feel like the other three guys have pretty much stayed stagnant. I would say, like, Darby is, like... Better promos. Yes. Darby focused on better promo work because his ring work is good, but his promo work with Sting has actually improved. I'll give him that. And Sammy, as annoying as he is, he can wrestle. He just has to find a way to be less punchable. Yeah. I don't know how, but... Oh, they found a way to go. I found a way. It's an attempt, but we'll get to it as we're talking about each entrance. Oh, okay. And then MJF gets it. I, I, I'm entertained. I'm sports entertainer MJF. Like, he's got it. And then also... And then... And then... Hmm. I sound like the doer of my cards uh, skit. Um, but yeah, so... The match was great. I'm going to be honest and say it's a five-star match. Yes. It was that good for a four-way match to be this good. Yes. And everyone did their mentor's finisher. Yes. That was a stroke of genius. And uh, my God. So you had Jungle Boy doing the kill switch. Yes. MJF doing the crossroads. Darby doing the Scorpion Death Rock. 
and then Sammy doing the walls of Jericho. Oh my gosh! And yeah. but to piggyback, yeah, yeah, go, back go, go, to go, the go, go, uh, go, special go, go. entrances. Let's see. We had Sammy come out with his signs with Ty, and them yeah. announcing they're, they're expecting. expecting a baby. And, uh, and if that doesn't get Sammy over, I don't know what will. And he got booed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Sammy. It's hard to come back from this. Just be a career heel. Maybe one day you'll be over. But like right like, now, like look at the Miz. Yeah, he's he's a family man. He's a family he, man. He's got the. He's got an amazing wife, two kids, I feel and like, a great career heel. I feel like Sammy could be cut out for a reality show. Like, put him on that uh, AW All Access show. I mean, he's already in there with his wife, right? Yeah. Maybe them having the baby is a good, like, oh, look, this guy is human. Like, you know, nothing personal. I feel like Sammy's just tone deaf to his own ignorance. I still see him as the kid from the Brandon Rogers video. Yeah. And um, not for nothing, we will see. And then Darby is hey, going Ma- to climb Mount Everest next year. Yeah. I just hope he's alive. His goal is... He's already start. signed his will just in case something bad happens. That's fucking dark, but it's um, on he, brand. He comes out after his like pre-tape segment of fighting an MJF impersonator. Yep. Bumps into an Elvis and then comes out in an Elvis jumpsuit. I love Darby's shitty films. Like, he's a film major that left school because he wasn't a fan of it. But he does great, weird little skit promo things. Every time it pops me. It's it's definitely on some, like... Like, some cheesy level. Like It's not even just cheesy. I feel like he's trying to make art. It, it's it, but, but it works. He's a good director, good video cinematographer, whatever you want to call it, videographer. And it kind of like sets up for all his openings. And then again, like you said, Jack Perry was the only final special entrance. So he had an opportunity to use the belt. It was a no DQ match. And he didn't have it in him. Just no. like MJF said he didn't have it in him. So in the end, MJF put the belt on uh, incapacitated Jack Perry. Darby goes to the coffin drop. And the headlock, what did you know it? The headlock, headlock takeover. Over. Again. And... MJF pins Darby for the win and retains the championship. But he barely participated in the match in the beginning because he's a chicken shit heel. But he took a lot of... For a guy that barely wrestles, MJF took a shitload of bumps in this match. Which, I will say this, I like that they're setting him up as like some sort of like prize fighter in a sense. Even his entrance with him coming down is like a boss... Which is the exact opposite of Cody, who would come up from an elevator. He descends down, and, like um, the devil that he is. And the funny thing is the fact that uh, MJF definitely comes off like Conor McGregor. I'm a prize fighter. I need wrestle when I need to. It's it works for MJF. It works, and um, but I I would love to see him. I mean, he's gonna wrestle for Forbidden Door, right? Unless he like has to announce that he's like gotta re- re- relinquish his belt or something because of his wrist because he did have his hand taped up after the match but uh, if it's something quick that like two months later or whatever but he who at Forbidden Door is he gonna face that's the question are you gonna have him defeat Tanahashi or you gonna have him defeat Shingo or he's gonna fucking Suzuki face Sonata nah Sonata. no not for the title at least but like your your top guy versus my top guy I want to believe that but the last Ribbon and Door didn't do that. 
and I think neither company wants to bury their world champion. Mm. So they always do like one guy from your company facing our champion and vice versa. Or a world champions tag team together. Like who would it even be? To face MJF. Anybody. You can put, like... Like, I would have said Zack Sabre Jr. But he's going to probably face Bryanson. Uh, Bryanson. Daniel Bryanson. Ah! Brian Danielson. At, I see that at all in. Yeah. No, no, that's got to be... Oh, shit, he's British. He's British, you're right. It could be Forbidden Door leading to all in. Hear me out. Um, shit, I don't know. There's so many guys in New Japan. I couldn't name you a handful. I mean... <gasps> I have one. Who? The one that we didn't get last year. Will Osprey? No, we had Osprey last year at Forbidden Door. I was about to say. Okada. Um, Naito. Yes. Tetsuo Naito. That would be a good one. He can take a loss. And you could also kind of like, yeah. Unless they're going to do Ngobernobles teaming up together. Um, But yeah, I guess Naito would be a good pick. Yeah. All right, so that being said, that was your main event. No, wait, it wasn't. Um, your main event was the Anarchy in the Arena. Ladies and gentlemen, the shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> Gotta love Justin Roberts. So Blackpool Combat Club, consisting of Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta against the elite of Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Hangman Page with an eye patch. Or does he have an eye patch? <laughs> and it was clusterfuck just like the last year they played the music but this time violent idols played it live and this is where the controversy came in was the lead singer in fucking blackface i thought that was a mask bro it was both it just looked weird it looked like something odd and it was trending like why is this lead singer look like he's in minstrel makeup like, bro <laughs> listen i don't understand bands i know a lot of them do like like ghosts they do crazy face paint other yeah and kiss but this face paint was too, uh, I, I don't think he was trying to purposely do blackface, obviously. It's just, it looked like it. It looked fucking horrible. He should have just done any other colors. It, it distracted, but then he got super kicked in the face by Nick, ja- uh, my Matt, Nick Jackson, so it almost looked like a Justice Erickson thing. Uh, that being said, the match is crazy. It was all over the arenas. Um, Claudio swinging in the what do you call the hallways the concourse concourse good god that was funny but also like the concrete beams are right there if he slipped up he could have concussed somebody uh was he who who was he swinging nick jackson or was it kenny i forget who it was yeah it was all a blur because it felt so many camera cuts dude it was it was like Fucking Kevin Dunn was uh, cutting the cameras in this one because there was so much stuff that was happening but like what reason what reason yeah like don't get me wrong, I just missed the stadium stampede. Yeah. Because you gave moments, the good moments for everything. Then again, that was like taped. <laughs> but also, it was taped. It's uh, edited to look like a movie. You know, it's to be perfect, and you cannot make it happen to the point where. So, yeah. So, with that being said. And I- also, the Takeshita turn at the end. Oh, where people didn't see that coming. Takesha joining the Black Hole Comic Club with John Callis? No, they're like doing their own side thing. Could you think Takesha could be joining Black Club Gold? Maybe. But at the end, like the off-air promos, like, I don't know if you saw this video, but Kenny goes on the mic and literally said, do you think this is over? It's not over yet. 
just give me a moment. I got like maybe one or two people that'll come in to help out. Yeah, and um, it's a uh, it's it, it's it's a lot of uh, foreshadowing. Uh, it's a lot of uh, uh, what do I call it? There we go. Um, there's a name for it. It's it's a lot of build up. I mean, in the end, the Blackpool Combat Black Com Black Blackpool Combat Club uh, won this match, but it's the beginning of a story, right? Yeah. So with that being said, it was a great match to end the show with, and you know it couldn't main evented. It had to main event because it was going to take over the arena. Yeah, and even MJF makes a promo about it. It's like, do you feel bad about not being in the main event? Fuck no. You think I'm wrestling in John Moxley's blood? Which is hysterical. MJF is perfect. He doesn't miss. He's just yeah. so hilariously honest. He's literally like mustache twirling villain. Yeah. And I'm kind of the old school mindset that the world championship should be the last main event match. But in both companies, neither of the main events was the world champion. So... I'm eating my own words here. Like, I feel like I might just be a little bit outdated in my philosophy. I mean, again, if the story dictates the main event, I can agree with people that think that, which I, a lot of people are like, story should be the main event more than the belts. But I'm like, yeah, but you're in a promotion fighting for world championships. The world champion, whether it be male or female in the end, should be standing tall just because of the visual as you go off air. That's just my logic. It's not right or wrong. It's just preference. So with that being said, did you have fun with Double or Nothing? Even yeah. though it didn't feel like we did, like we we went there blinded in a way, right? Like we, yeah. Like we were not hyped. We wanted to watch it, but we weren't as hyped as we were prior to that. Like here's the thing: like everyone is saying, like, oh, Double or Nothing 2023 worst AEW pay per view. I still there was enough good that I can't say is the worse. beginning was slow, but then when it picked up, it picked up. Yeah. I will say, oh, we forgot to talk about the super kick. The oh, firecracker super kick. The Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse second edition kicks. Matt Jackson had a exploding Jordan kick with explosives looking like a Power Ranger. As <laughs> Moxley gets taken to the face. And the tacks where Matt Jackson's foot was in the tacks. And they threw the Jordan in the crowd. And the crowds are like, throw it back. Back. First off, those shoes are hard to get. I wanted to get those shoes. I've been wanting those too. I missed out because they sold out before I can get to it. Yeah. In my size. Like, mother... Like, I hate sneaker culture to the point now. It's like, you can't just go to the store and buy shoes anymore. You have to go... You know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Oh, I know a guy. I mean, I'll see if he has my size. But it just pisses me off that I couldn't get the shoe. I couldn't get the last pair previously in 2018 when the first Ninja Spider-Verse came out. But... Um, I couldn't get the Adidas for when the video game dropped. There is a Spider-Man Crocs, if you're into Crocs, but I'm not into Crocs. I mean, I am, but they look a little kiddie, even the adult ones. It's just the Spider-Man ones. Yeah. I'll get the gibbets. That's as far as I'll go. But I'm not going to go crazy buying these over-the-top Crocs, even though I am probably going to buy certain over-the-top Crocs. It's not that one. Yeah. But yeah, so that was a crazy spot. That trended on nice kicks. That trended on a bunch of sneaker blogs. Again, complex. Like, this is what you do. Jade got the urban black hip-hop demographic unlocked, right? With her entrance. Matt and Jackson got the sneakerhead, like, culture vloggers looking at AEW. And it ended up on a lot of articles and stuff. 
You, just you have Max Caster trending on Worldstar with that diss. See what I mean? Like, this shit is crazy. Like, this is how you get recognition for your company and build. So, with that being said, I enjoyed Double or Nothing. Raul enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, let's move on to the, uh, the other show on the on the same weekend. This was the Night of Champions from WWE out of Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And this was a pretty concise card. Yeah, I am kind of bummed that the Queen and King of the Ring that they originally booked. We all were. I don't know what that was about, but I hate that they hinted at it and then got rid of it before they can even, like, push it up. But I'll take another Champions. That is a WCW pay-per-view. So it's not like they're, like... It's a pay-per-view that has a name. Yeah. It's not like, you know, Battle the Crown Royal, whatever it's called, or... Crown Jewel. Yeah, like, it actually has history. So Night of Champions, great. You have some champions on there. You create a champion. My biggest nitpick, once again, Seth Rollins versus AJ should have been the main event because it is the Night of Champions. You're trying to make the World Heavyweight Championship mean something, but at that time, it meant it still means not. It's still the Constellation Prize that I can't beat Roman title because Roman still has two belts. So having three belts just made no fucking sense. Now, if you watch SmackDown this past yes, just just uh, this past week, you saw that the titles are finally unified. And they have a brand new strap. Which I have an issue with. I do too. It's ugly, number one. And lazy, because it's just a color palette swap. No. Do you want to know what my issue is? The wording. The word undisputed means there's no dispute whatsoever that you are the top champion. How the fuck are you going to be undisputed if the other belt exists? Exactly. Yeah. It's a complete, uh, I don't want to say like, Oxymoron, that's the word. It's an oxymoron. You can't be undisputed if there is another champion. There, if there's a dispute. Yeah. So they should really get rid of the undisputed. Because I know they merged the Universal and WWE Championship together. But when you have the literal WWE World Heavyweight Champion on the other brand, and this is the show to crown the uh, the first ever champ, it kind of downplays. It just, it's, it's again, it's a lot of backwards booking how they're doing it. But. They finally unified that belt. A lot of people liked it. A lot of people hated it. I think it's... I think it's... I think I cannot wait till Cody wins the next year and changes it back to the winged angle belt. Because they're not going to change the design now. Yeah. Like, severely. Because everyone complained they should have changed the design. But I understand why they didn't change it. Because the last time Cody won a belt in WWE, he literally brought back the old school Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. He'll probably do the exact same shit when he wins it and brings back the winged eagle belt that his dad was supposed to win at Madison Square Garden. So, with that being said, let's get to the show. Seth freaking Rollins against AJ Styles in a tournament final for the inaugural World Heavyweight Champion. This went 20 minutes and 40 seconds. Banger. They started off with a Absolute banger. banger. Great. I do have another issue about this title. They've been promoting for weeks that it's going to continue on the legacy of the one that got retired. Yes, the one that Edge had before he had to relinquish it. No, uh, Orton. Oh, Orton was the last, last champion? Yeah, that? because okay. they unified them. Oh, and that's where we got the, uh, the, the, the scratch logo belt that Cena had, right? No, it's... Um, the spinner belt. No, this is back in 2013. The spinner belt was not in 2013? Okay, okay, no, 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 no. Because, remember, Cena was world heavyweight champ. Yes. 
Orton was WWE champ, yes. and they had a unification match, I think, right before the end of the year. And what did the belt turn into? Nothing. They just carried both belts. Oh, okay. Good visual. Got it. Until uh, Brian won it, and then had to relinquish it for injury. Cena then won both, until uh, the German assault by Brock, and then he just carried one. And that's when it was the... The scratch logo, that belt, the black one, right? Yeah. That The Rock introduced. Yeah, they already had that introduced. Or I'm talking the big gold world heavyweight. Oh, okay, so that's already introduced at the time yeah. that the big gold was still out there. So there was this one, the one, the one prior to this one. Yes. Okay, understandable. Um, well, that being said... But now it's not part of that legacy, which means like... It's convoluted. It doesn't make sense. It's all bullshit. It just should just be new belts altogether. Yeah, and not to mention... You pay, the homage, you pay homage to the old, but you're also like, come on, it's a new belt. Yeah. Treat it like that. It's a new belt. Start fresh. And Seth wasn't really there for most of the build because he was busy filming New World Order. Yeah, he was busy filming uh, the new Captain America movie where he plays the Serpent King or uh, Circuit Society, something like that. I don't know if they've announced who he plays yet. He plays somebody in the Serpent Society. I'm not familiar with Captain America comics like that of the old days, but I know the Serpent Society was like uh, a snake, kind of like Cobra, like the Cobra Commanders. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we start off with Seth, AJ, complete banger of a match. I'm giving it five stars. This was impeccable ring work from both men. Yes. They both delivered. I thought AJ was going to win because of all the rumors of Seth leaving for Hollywood and he's not going to be there. And then what would have been the point if Seth just like gets it if he's leaving for Hollywood? So that being said, Seth came out in what I called the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, attire because he had on like Jaguar or leopard print with teal. Literally the colors of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, looking like his Met Gala vest with that oversized jacket. But um, and then AJ came out in his usual AJ blue tight gear. Yeah. Like generic AJ styles. But, you know, they both did their thing and they had a great match with a lot of weird spots that you would see mostly in PWG or in Indies. Like, didn't he do like a sheer drop of Brain Buster on AJ onto the freaking apron? Like something that El Generico would have done? Yeah. It was wild. There was a bunch of moves here. I'm like, yo, they're literally leaving it in the ring. Like, they're giving these people their money's worth. They're not phoning it in. 20 plus minutes, you can tell they weren't going to phone it in. Like, it was spectacular. Wasn't there, like, a avalanche uh, falcon arrow or something? There was a lot of... There was a lot of stuff that was happening. There was a lot of reversing of moves as well. This was amazing. So, I got to say that Seth and AJ tore the house on for the first match of the night. How do you start off that strong, my lord? And not to mention the shout-out to NXT. Oh. Where Triple H comes in, hands him the title. And points at him. No, not only that, because don't forget, Seth Rollins was the first NXT champion also. He was the inaugural NXT with the Big X, the Big X logo. Yep, I remember that visual. So it was kind of like, what was the time difference? I think it was like 15 years, somewhere around there. It was a while ago, man. Um, but with that like being, 2010, yeah. So 13 years. Yeah. So, yeah. So with that being said, great match. We both agreed. It was amazing. Uh, next matchup for the uh, feud match with Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch. This was a slobber knocker. I yeah. mean, 
Not much I can say about it. There wasn't moves, more of a fight than a, than a wrestling match. I love the fact that Trish's entire tattoo had thank you, Trish, on the back. That, and yeah, that was funny. I like the build to this feud where Becky was kind of like, where the fuck was Becky? So Trish had to like, she was on Canada, has got talent. Like, um, it's, but, you know, having the judges are, ask, asking the judges is Becky Lynch going to win this fight? And they all say unanimously, you know, like, this is genius. Like, use the platforms you have to, like, elevate this feud. I don't know what Becky was, to be honest. Like, she was gone. Was she just supporting Seth the whole time? Is she in the movie with Seth? Is she going to be in the MCU as well? Like, I think because Seth was unavailable, someone had to take care of Rue. Ah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. And now that Seth is back, Becky's back, yeah, you're right. I guarantee you, like, when it comes to backstage, one is watching the child, they while the other one... Oh, no, they literally say, say that themselves. That, that, that's what they do. They switch up. But they also have, like, trusted people there that they actually, like, not a nanny, but they have their, like, WWE family, like, the makeup <laughs> artists or people that, like, you know, they're people that they trust. Oh, here, hold my daughter as they go kick ass. Yeah, understandable. But also, like, when one of them is, like, just out, you want the other one to just, like, watch the kid. Yeah, makes sense. I'm not a married man, but I understand the concept of... Uh, being responsible parents, it, it makes sense. And then also, Becky was probably, who knows, she was probably doing more uh, more scenes for Young Rock or something. Cindy <laughs> Lauper. So the next match, uh, with Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch, I mean, it was okay. Three and a half out of five for me. They're calling it. It's, it was a, 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 a... Zoe Starks cheated for Trish Stratus so she could win. Um, so you got some... Uh, you're building up Zoe Starks with Jesse Bude from NXT. Uh, so that that helped uh, in character development, kind of like Trish. Trish doesn't have to fight all her battles. She could send in Zoe as the, you know. Yeah. And just, I love the rocket push that they're giving Zoe Stark. Yeah, and very early in her, like, she just debuted and she's already, like, getting put somewhere. Like, Good, use her. Don't just have her sitting and catering if she's not going to, you're going to call somebody up, use them. So, yeah. This is okay. Um, What, what do you give the rating of this thing? I would give it, like, a solid three points. Same as me. All right. So next matchup for the WWE Intercontinental Championship, we have Gunta versus Mustafa Ali. Mustafa came out in his very like uh, traditional head head headpiece. Is obviously his Middle East and he's Muslim and he came out. And I am so glad Mansoir wasn't in this match. Mansoir, the Stone Cold Steve Austin of Saudi Arabia. No, not even the Taker. He still hasn't lost the Saudi show, bro. I think Mansoir. Is not allowed with his current gimmick to be. Ah, uh, that makes sense. His current gimmick is way too flamboyant, and I don't. I think for his own safety, they were like, you know what, dude, these people are a little old school. We'll just leave that there for. A while. You know, it's just me speculating. All right, I'm just speculating here. Uh, it was a good match. Gunther was whooping his ass. Eight minutes, thirty-five seconds. So it was not not really a squash. Not really. It was just a standard Gunther whooping ass match, and. The countdown is because he's less than 100 days from beating Honky Tonk. Thank God. And then you can move him to the main event. Him and, and Seth main eventing like Survivor Series will be awesome. Is that 100 days? No, it would be No, it would be him and Seth and Mania. No, he by Survivor Series, he would have been. Oh, so it is by Survivor Series. Excellent. So he could probably win the By game. this September, I believe, he will surpass Honky Tonk. So once they have that record-breaking, and that way it's a... I feel like out of the people who came from NXT UK or NXT in the last five years, Gunther is the most consistently like 
properly built wrestler. Uh, this guy's just amazing. Like I know Gunther's good, but like, and here's my controversial thing. And I said this last ep- wrestling episode. I want him to beat Roman. I don't want it to be Cody. It makes sense. Imperium is looking strong. You have them versus the Bloodline. You put in Ilya Dragunov in Imperium, so that gives him a fourth guy, so they can take on Solo. It it builds the story for itself. Well, Bloodline's broken as of this week. What? Oh, we'll get to that during the main event. Oh, okay. So, oh, yes, the bloodline. Um, from here to Mania, they could do so much. Yeah. Uh, so next up, all right, so this is Gunther. Uh, I got to give this a four out of five. This yeah. Okay, you know, it wasn't... Thinking, Gunther's never had a bad match. Never had a bad match, but this wasn't like a five-star classic. It was not a burial move stuff. He looked like he had a good uh, edge here, but at the end... It he, was like an old-school, like, Samoa Joe match. Yep. Where the big guy in the end comes on top, and it looks respectable. So next up, we in the uh, we have the WWE Raw Women's Championship match: Oscar versus the defending champ Bianca Belair. It lasted 15 minutes. Your yeah. standard wrestling match. Um, it was good, but it was more of the same. Um, what was genius though was the finish. Oscar missed the miss, like she missed the miss. Tongue twister, but the dribble from it because they they recalled that there was spicy peppers like in her recipe for the mist that she put it on Bianca's eyes and was able to pin her. That's genius. That's like smart storytelling. Like the mist isn't just poison mist. It's itchy. It burns. It burns right. So like, what makes it burn? Spicy chilies and other stuff. Like you're adding more elements of reality. Like, oh yeah, if you were to eat hot wings and rub your eyes, you'd be fucking crying for your, your tears out. So the way she ended up winning was like, I give us a 4.5 4. out of 5. Yes. Like, I, I understand like not giving this moment at Mania if you want Bianca to have like her own Mania streak. But it was about time for her to... And don't get me wrong, Bianca, amazing champion. I yeah. wish her the very best. I feel like it was about time for her to lose it. Funny enough, people want her to turn heel since Puerto Rico, and people want Tez to turn heel too. I feel like we've had heel Bianca in NXT, and it made sense, but she's such in a weird like John Cena spot. That I don't think they ever want to make her heel. They'd rather just lose the belt and eventually get it back. But just like John Cena, she's like her getting booed is just natural at this point. Like we just are not over her, but like. It's too Superman in an age of darkness where people want a Batman. Yeah. I, I don't know what, what I'm trying to say, but I feel like Bianca as a heel would be refreshing. There we yes. go. And then maybe she faces a face judgment day and like her and Rhea have a fe- Or maybe she faces Rhea as a face at Mania next year. We'll see. We'll see. Because Rhea still has her title for. Oh, I kind of ruined the next match then. Which is the Raw. <laughs> <laughs> the SmackDown Women's Championship match Ray Ripley and with Dominic and Natalia. This was a literal fucking squash match. Yes, in 69 seconds on Natalia's birthday, she flew halfway across the world to Saudi Arabia on her birthday weekend for the what well, maybe the money um, to get pinned in less than two minutes. Yeah, this was unnecessary. They could have had a really good match. 
Instead, they wanted to make Rhea look dominant. I get it, but it was like, oh, we're cutting for time. Like, come on, man. Like, it was hmm. just, I can't even rate this because of how short it is. It was a gif. It was an angle. Yeah, it was a, a gif. It was just there for l- l- clicks online and whatever you want to call it. I mean, just like the uh, Jade Statlander match. It was there for I mean, to be fair, Jade Statlander is literally like a year in the making. No, I would say WrestleMania 9, where Brett loses the title to Yokozuna, and then Hogan comes in and beats Yokozuna in under a minute. Yeah, exactly. So, that being said, we move on to the next match. This was going pretty quick. Brock yeah. Lesnar for the singles match against Cody Rhodes for um, for just a feud they're building, which still... Look at my face! They still don't have, outside of Brock getting fucked up, they still don't have a story about why Brock started beating up on Cody. They did he never has gotten on the mic to explain himself. But because he's Brock Lesnar, it's like we don't even give a fuck. It's like, oh, he's just a bully. Yeah. Like, no, that doesn't make any sense. He doesn't just fuck up everybody. Like, And the fact that Cody was out there with his one wing, like, please, please acknowledge my adversity. And I, I'm sorry. I'm going to say this. If Cody's gimmick is I'm the underdog, it's always hurt. It's cheesy and fucking stupid. It's very sports movie-esque. I think Cody can literally have a competitive match with Lesnar, get his ass whooped, and win by shenanigans, roll-up, whatever. But I feel like Cody is main event ready. Why are you having him do these, these like... Remember that year where Cena was just getting fucked up by everybody? Like, he has no friends backstage? He has yeah. no friends, right? Like, how are you a babyface with no fucking friends? Like, it makes no And you're sense. that over. You don't have anybody back there? Like, I know your friends are at AEW, but, like, you couldn't, I don't know, have Kevin Owens and and, and Zane come in and distract Lesnar. Like, I don't know, man. It, it, I mean, technically, they're main event. So, I, I just feel like Cody and Lesnar, I think it would just feud for six months. Like, is that, this is where we're going? I feel like the blow-off is at SummerSlam. Hopefully, please, and move on to something else. Bring back the tractor, at least. So, that being said, um, wasn't a fan of this match. Uh, I guess Lesnar won by technical submission because Cody passed out to a Kamora lock, which I've never seen that in UFC. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're trying to capture the Brett Austin at Mania 13. It's not working, man, because that was literal. He was bleeding from his forehead, so he's going to pass out because there's so much blood leaving his body. Like, it's just science. A Kimura lock, it's going to make you wince and torture and scream, tap. Everyone is tapped to a submission move. Like, Cody is not Superman, where he's not going to tap to a submission move from Brock fucking Lesnar. It just, it just, it just, it was a weak ending. I feel like Lesnar should have just got a dominant win. F5, F5, German the fuck out of Cody. Just pull like you did Cena. Just keep Germaning him to death. And that way, oh yeah, he definitely got his ass whooped. Because Cody slipped up on something and let Lesnar get the edge. That's simple. You don't have to do the shenanigans with Cody. Like, he does not need to be the wounded dog to be over. He was already over. Yeah. He should have been the world champion this past year. I keep bringing that up. But, you know, I digress. Now for the main event. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn against Roman Reigns and Sol Zuckoa of the Bloodline in a tag team match for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. This went 26 and minutes and 25 seconds. Uh, come contrary to the last match, it was 10, 9 minutes and 40 seconds. 
This was good. This was a good, solid match. I'm more emotionally moved by the impact. Like, the fact that Sammy, after everything that went down, with why he could never wrestle in Saudi Arabia, the fact that he finally got his moment, talking Arabic to the crowd, Uh and had his moment to just, like, just be back at the home country for him. That was a monumental moment that I felt like was bigger than the match. And Kevin being there to support his friend. Because that's the thing. Kevin never participated in a Saudi show either. There was a lot that happened behind the scenes than they would happen. Like, it was a story of Sammy being allowed back in his country after, like, 2016. That was the last time he was on. And um, because of political reasons, because Syria and Saudi Arabia were not friendly, but now they are apparently, and things are. But the entrance of Sammy with the traditional Muslim guard, and like speaking himself in Arabic, and the visual just this feeling like a homecoming for Sammy. Apparently, he saw some uncles he hadn't seen since twenty sixteen in Saudi Arabia that he visited. So like, he was there. Was he was a freaking Mecca? Like this guy was literally like, I did more outside the ring that mattered inside the ring, and yeah, and I'm happy that I was able to do these things. So. I give him credit. Um, match was good. Storytelling was so cool. Almost looked like he's ascending a little bit. And that was what leads into the bloodline storyline of SmackDown. And Solo Sicko, obviously, still with Roman. And he turned on his brothers. That was... Because his brother super kicked Roman. He's more... He's more... Solo is more loyal to the hierarchy of the tribe than just because we're siblings. Like... He's my chief, no matter what. He's like our political leader or whatever, right? So he's been disposed chief. You respect him whether you disagree or not. You can't just go ape shit on him just because he's your cousin and expect, you know, to abandon him. Like, because now you're kind of like, it's like a tribe thing. It's a tribal thing. Like, you're literally turning on your tribe because of your personal beefs with with our leader. Yeah, it's straight up. uh, Mutiny. (laughs) Animal Farm. Have you ever read it? Nah. It's, um... Really, this entire thing about, like, how to run things. And basically, Roman is, like, get them while they're young. And Solo, being, like, the young pup, like, just take him under his wing. All of this stuff. Like, how long has it been since Solo's been called up? Less than a year or so. Yeah. And just think about all this time, just always under that whatsoever. Where were his brothers when, like, he was in NXT or anything like that? Apparently, in real life... They aren't that close until recently when they're both in the same business. Meaning that Solo Solo has had his fair shares of run-ins with the law. Mm. Uh, he lives in Vegas. His brothers live in Florida. So, safe to say... Um, how do I say this? They have a, almost a decade in difference of like years, right? So, while Solo was still pre-wrestling... Was probably just doing stupid shit in the street. His brothers are focused on being in the ring. Right. And then now that he's on straight and narrow, right? He's recently got married this year as well. Oh, good for him. Yeah, and seen family photos on Instagram. And um Solo is in a good place and he's on the main roster. Like he's been whooping ass. Like he was in the indies too. Like people forget Solo was in the indies because but he wasn't in the indies like a, as a no name yet. He was just getting started. It's like it's like you go to the Indies, have a few matches, and you don't even have time to build up because you already get signed. Right? Yeah. So he already got picked up because who he was, what his family lineage is, and he used to have long hair. He looked a lot like Umaga, 
or, or I guess his uh, his other uncle, his cousin, his cousin, and his other cousin Tonga Kid, similar look, right? Long black hair. He looked like a Fatu, right? Because he is. Yeah. And they cut his hair. He has the blonde mohawk now, uh, and um, it suits him. It, it differentiates him from his siblings. That being said, his whole thing of being a street fighter is legitimately like that's why he was in prison. He was brawling in the streets, like he was just had a rough life. But he's also like body type way different than his brothers. He's gotten some more thicker. He's built like a lineman. His brothers are more like, you know, he's more like his dad, very much like Rikishi, like straight up Rikishi, like haircut, uh, blonde, you know, <laughs> bleach blonde hair. But he is a powerhouse. Where that's why they call him the enforcer. Whereas Jay and Jimmy are more of the high flyer type wrestlers. Yeah. They're about the same height, but there's definitely a weight difference. Like, Jimmy got slit. Well, Jimmy's a little thicker, but he's still not as thick as Solo. And, and uh, Jay's trimmed up. Jay is, like, athletically slim, right? But, again, the story is more like a soap opera, which I don't mind. I like the story it build. It's more... That's what the thing, the bloodlines, people say, oh, the story is dragged on. Like, no, but as soon as you start saying it's dragged on, they, they add these twists and they bring it back to life. I'm like, okay, cool. They're finally taking somewhere neat and exciting. Let's see where it goes. And um, Like, finally, I will say this. It's a payoff of, like, okay, this is why Roman kept the title. Yeah. Like, there's a purpose. And I, I'm all about purpose. Storytelling with purpose. and not- Because we're so accustomed to, like, Vince era just being like oh Roman's gonna keep the title why cuz yeah so I cannot wait man I can't wait to see where this thing ends up like I don't want to preach like I'm loving watching Smackdown more than I am Raw right now cause I feel like Raw right now is like before now they have that world champion they have a, they have a direction you're gonna have the first uh, challenge which is Damian Priest on the Judgment Day versus Rollins main eventing at Raw and that's a good main event and you're going to build a feud with Judgment Day and, and Rollins and mm-hmm. where that takes us over the burp. I just had a little gas. Oh, and not only that, give Finn his shot again. Yes. Finn versus Rollins would be a dope one. And actually, how about Rollins losing to Finn by shenanigans? But that way you keep Rollins strong, but also give Finn another title reign, which he definitely is over, over uh, It's About Damn Time. Yeah, like he's, like he had his NXT run. Proper one. Yeah. He had a fluke, sad, uh, universal run because Rollins is buckle bomb. They fucked up his arm for the year. But actually have him win and have a, like, if anything, have Finn, how, how about this? Have Seth face Dominic next after he beats Priest and have him face Finn at Summer SummerSlam. Finn wins at SummerSlam, right? Rollins wins it back at Survivor Series. Then you have Finn win it back at Royal Rumble. And at the main event at WrestleMania, Finn and Balor, I mean Finn Balor, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, and you have Rollins win it at Mania. You just, you know, hopscotch it back and forth between Finn and... I don't know, like, would it really mess with, like, the legacy if you're just going to, like, hot potato it? But it's WWE. They don't give a fuck up. Like, they do a lot of whoops. Like, it's not hot potatoing it. Because think about it. The time from now to SummerSlam is a few weeks, right? Maybe two months. Time from that to Survivor Series is two months or three months. It's like there's enough time to build the story. Or how about this? Rollins wins at SummerSlam, loses at Survivor Series, loses at Rumble, and wins at Mania. 
So you're actually giving Finn a proper six-month run. However, it just feels like those two should be like married to each other in the ring as far as this championship. Kind of like Edge and Cena or how you had um, Angle and uh, Angle and Lesnar. You know, like you have this strong two guys deserving the spot that they got to really fight for kind of thing. So we'll see. We'll see because Finn Balor's in his upper, he's in his 40s now. He definitely is overdue for another title reign. And an actual one. And it's a different belt. He doesn't defeat Roman for it. He's defeating Rollins, a guy more similar in size to him. Well, not only that, like, think about it. He beat Rollins for the Universal and yeah. then had to vacate almost immediately. So he never lost Rollins, exactly. So that, and he can use that in his promos. And yeah. It's perfect. It, the story right I, I beat you, mate. Yeah. But you've never beaten me for the title. The same way Rollins said he'd never lost to Roman. You know, it's, it's technicalities. So, with that being said, that has been the Night of Champions. Thank you for tuning in this long. With hour and 40 minutes, I think that's pretty good. I think yeah. we're kind of just like, I know I was stuttering a lot because I want to get the shit wrapped up fast. But, like, outside of, like, talking about every little detail, I think we got a lot done. Yeah. So, end of the night, wishes them. Match the night in each show for you. Well, I haven't seen Battleground, oh, so yes. I will exclude that. Match of the night, even though I overly hyped the open house match, uh, I would say the Four Pillars match. Same. I'm going to say the Four Pillars match as well. For Battlegrounds, I'm going to say the main event of Mellow and Breaker because they just have great chemistry together. Plus, it, it was a great main event. And... This one, I would have to say... I'm going to say mine first. Seth and AJ. I'm going to go the main event. Nice. Because of the storyline progression. Exactly. Which, again, people love the storyline, but I did enjoy the Seth Rollins and AJ putting out a banger on a pay-per-view card. I mean, granted, that's usually where you leave a good banger. in the pay- You put it in the pay-per-view card. When but you it- have people the most awake. Yeah. But also, it's just like... It's just for all the all the marbles, right? And it made sense for open the card with it too. So it's important because just like Lesnar opens up clo- or closes shows, like I, I get it. So with that being said, this has been another episode of the podcast mission show. I'm the podcast mercenary Christian Noel Ramos here with my co-host for the most, Roman uh, Montero. Where can people lovely people find you at, man? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at miserability and on Twitch. Now streaming every Monday, and I want to say Thursdays as well, every other Thursday. There you go. And then I, you can find me on Twitch as well as uh, I am now on it doing uh, card openings and Gunpla builds, and who knows where that takes me, at uh, uh, twitch.tv, Kingslater88. You can find me on Twitter at the podcast Merc, and uh, of course... Anywhere podcasts are heard here on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, the works. Thank y'all for tuning into this amazing review to another different edition of the podcast version show. As always, enjoy your wrestling out there. Have a safe night. And as always, we're out of here. All right, peace.